Gamut is a program. Uh, okay, let's see. Thank you. It's a special program. It is an initiation. And of course, um, initiation is a great blessing. And um, tonight, uh, it's the initiation ceremony of Timea, which I, um, I'm very happy that we can do this. Um, I've known her for a number of years. Um, originally, she came from Europe, and so am I. And we met in Europe in, uh, in Berlin, uh, and later again in America, where she has uh, been living for many years now. Uh, and uh, she's American these days. Her husband is from here. That's how she wound up here. And um, different people have different natures. And she has a nature that um, okay. Please go ahead. Yeah, can. <laughs> yeah, someone give her a garland as well. Oh, there you go. And then. <clears throat> Hare Krishna. So she's a person who uh, who makes commitments in life. Not only in Krishna consciousness, but whatever she does, she takes it serious, and if she says she'll do something, she'll do it. And that's a very good qualification for Krishna consciousness, because ultimately, um, we are taking taking up devotional service. And when we take up devotional service, um, in the beginning it may be just casual. Some service, little bit of devotional service. But then it comes to the point of taking some responsibility in devotional service. That yes, I will do this service. Uh, it can be a small thing. So that leads up to initiation. So responsibility is is very important in spiritual life. And because I saw that quality, uh, I had faith in her, right? Sometimes we hear that one must have faith in the guru, but the guru must also have faith in the disciple. Uh, it's not just uh, an automatic thing, you know, like a rubber stamping ceremony where someone has been coming to the temple for X number of months and then we have to rubber stamp. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do it on that basis. But because I have faith that she will, um, she will keep her commitments, therefore I'm very happy to conduct this ceremony today. So it's a personal ceremony. It's, uh, it's her day, so to speak. Um, you have all come, and that is also very nice. And of course, I'm happy to be in Washington because it's been a very long time since I came here. I used to come here every year from 1987 till 94 for Ratiatra. But then uh, life took its turns and I wound up in, in South Africa instead of America and so many other things happened. So 
Washington sort of fell off the map. <laughs> what to do? <laughs> you know, it can happen. But it's, it seems to be back now. So it's a pleasure to be here with you uh, this evening. So uh, with the uh, ceremony, the first thing we'll do is a little purification. And, uh, and we will change the, uh, the neck beats. Um, because we begin at the time of initiation, it is like taking another birth. And so that is then uh, that the, the new neck beats, the Tulsi Mala, um, they um, give us that recognition. Um, but first, we'll do the Achma. So you also have one. So you can just put it ready. Yeah. Om Apavitra Pavitrova Sarvavasta Katopiva Yasmaret Pundrikaksam Sabaya Bhyantara Suchi Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu and Then take the spoon the left hand and throw three drops in the left hand and throw. Yeah. Okay, now that's good. Spoon in the left hand. Three drops in the right hand and throw. And then again three drops in the right hand. Zip. Om Kesavaya Namaha. You have to say, that was very soft. Three drops and throw. Three drops. Om Narayanaya Namaha. And zip. Three drops and throw. And three drops. Om Madhavaya Namaha. Okay, now one lady can maybe put the neck beats. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Good. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> um, sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra Koi, Loba Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hai. It is said that in the community of devotees, it is there where um, even a moment of association can bring us all perfection. Um, because it is there where we find faith. It is there. Without faith, how can one uh, progress? Uh, without 
that uh, firm determination um, that from devotional service all benefit will come in our life, how can we continue? Not possible. Shada Sabda Viswas Kai Sudridanis Chai Krishna Bhakti Koila Sarva Karma Krita Hai. Sarva Karma Krita Hai means all benefit will come from this devotional service. That that faith is there. Um, ah, the world is in a state uh, of bewilderment. Um, nobody knows where the world will go. Nobody has. Nobody knows. We all hope for the best, um, but uh, you can think of many things right, that uh, that are going on. Uh, I mean, if I just say schools, so many things are going on in schools, right? Many things. And you wonder, does it have to be like this? Is this, is this right? Is this how society should be? Um, I can say governments. Governments are doing things where you scratch your head. I mean, is there, is there anything up there? Right? You wonder sometimes if there's any substance or whatever. Sometimes things are done which even anyone would, uh, would, would, would sort of understand that. That would be the last thing you do. And still, the government does. So, in this way, we're living in a world where the confusion is very visible to all. That anyone in the world can can understand, but what are the solutions? No one, no one has real solutions. Um, well, we also are not saying that we're going to fix the material world, right? because the material world is not meant to be fixed. It's basically meant to be a broken car, right? Um, you fix one side, and you know you have these old cars, and as you fix one side, the other side breaks, and something like, yeah, well, I won't say the make of a car, but we have seen such, <laughs> we have seen such cars, and yes. Um, so what to do? Um, but for some time, uh, it is said. In the Brahma Vaivarta Purana, this movement will bring about a golden age in this time. Uh, it will bring about a time when spiritual life becomes predominant and when spiritual life will again regain its original glory. Uh, there's a story about a marriage in India and basically, there was a whole arrangement being made by a mother for her daughter. Everything was going fine. Uh, all the ingredients were there. Everything was proper. Last minute, last minute, there was a black cat. So, what to do? This will bring bad luck. Ho, 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 what to do now? So there was a basket, an empty basket from the flowers. So she just put that basket over the flowers and somehow or other during the whole ceremony everything went fine there was no noise the cat was quiet so whew, everything went great 
30 years later, the daughter now was arranging a marriage for her own daughter, setting everything up, checking everything, and then last minute doing a final inspection. She said, oh my God, oh my God, there's one thing missing. The cat. We need a black cat. We need like, you know, there has to be a black cat under a basket. I mean, no marriage is complete without it. Uh, so over the years, in Indian tradition, many black cats came in. Uh, many things came in, external rituals came in. Nobody knows why, but it must be there. Uh, no, 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 no. It, this is how it's done. If it's not there, very bad. So, but Srila Prabhupada, um, he gave us the real meaning, uh, the real meaning of, of spiritual life. Uh, and that real meaning was is summed up in a verse by Srila Rupa Goswami. Esmartavyam satatam visnor, vismartavyo najatusit, sarva virini sedushur etayor eva kinkaram. It is said, all the vidis, all the injunctions, and all the niseda, all the prohibitions. Uh, for example, she will promise to chant 16 rounds, and she will promise to avoid certain principles, certain activities. So there are always injunctions that we must follow, and always prohibitions in Vedic literature. These two are found. Uh, and it said, but the purpose of all the all these injunctions and all these prohibitions is to always remember Krishna and never forget him. And that is the ultimate point. In other words, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not mirror, mirror on the wall, who follows the rules best of all, right? Who gets up earlier than everyone else? Who can can be the most strict, who can fast longer than others can. Right. I fasted three months now, still fasting. <laughs> uh, it, it's not, that is not as, at all essential. What is really essential is, is devotion to Krishna, is that we are dedicating ourselves to Krishna. Uh, we give Krishna the best place in our life and that we offer the best we have to Krishna, and that we are the servants of Krishna. That can be done anywhere. Uh, and of course, the temples are, are places where we can gather, and, uh, and there we can really connect. Uh, at home, we can also bring in Krishna in so many ways. Uh, some people even have... They have a deity at home, a deity in the car, and a deity in the temple. So then they're always in a temple, right, in this way. Or there is the uh, Manamandira, which means the Lord in the heart, uh, the temple of the heart. And that is there. Uh, Krishna is always in the heart of his devotee. So that is the, the purpose of the initiation. Uh, and the purpose of everyone's life is uh, whether one is initiated or not, that is the purpose, that we are somehow or other living a life for Krishna and with Krishna. Deeper meaning in life, uh, all right, everyone needs uh, some material facility. Everyone needs to live somewhere, and it's nicer 
if it is in a in a in a nice and peaceful environment uh, if you have a little bit of garden space that's nice if you have uh, good money is also nice if you have nice car a few also nice uh, if you have uh, you know the latest of the latest of phone and other things is also nice we can but then at one point ah, all these things it's not enough that is a little dry if that's all there is all these things they go uh, they go with time or the pleasure in it disappears so these things may be there but we get everything according to our karma Uh, uh, in America, most people are doing okay. It's not too bad. Right? I mean, some better than others, but everyone gets by. So, but more important than just the temporary is the eternal. Mm-hmm. And that is something that must remain all throughout. Not a day should go by without the intention to offer this day to Krishna. Not a day should go by that in the evening we sort of look back on the day and think, I could have done better, but I'll try again tomorrow. In this way, um, one must always renew his, uh, renew the commitment. Right? That is the idea. It's not that, oh, now I've done so much. Now I have, I've taken initiation. No, no, I surrendered now. It's done. No, no, surrender rather is an ongoing process. Right? Again and again. Only d- sometimes uh, there's the nice story about Krishna who one day told his, his mother that he wanted pearls. Oh, you want pearls? Why you want pearls? He said, well, I want to plant them. And I'll plant the pearls and then we get nice bushes with many pearls. And Mother Yasoda said, Krishna, Krishna, you cannot plant pearls. He said, no, you can, you can. Nah, come on. He said, no, no, you can, I'll show you. And Krishna planted the pearls and watered them with milk. And sure enough, these bushes came out and so many pearls came on these bushes. So Krishna had many, many pearls. So then when the gopis saw that, they thought, oh, we'll do that also. Uh, but when they planted the pearls, only thorn bushes came out and all their... So in this way, their pursuits were not successful. Um, and uh, <coughs> so anyway... I think these vows of initiation, they are like pearls. We should, we plant them, and then we must water them with devotional service. And when we water them with devotional service, uh, then these vows that we'll make will flourish and produce many wonderful results. The vows will never stand by themselves. It's not that we... The promises that we make, these promises will ask us to do more and more. Usually, when over time, 
you become expert. Uh, I used to have a holiday job many years ago uh, in, when I was a teenager in the post, right? and I had to sort mail by hand. And, uh, well, all I had to do was bundles, actually, and I had to throw them in bags. They had rags with bags, and you had to throw bundles. And I got really good at it, you know, like, faster and faster, and uh, it was, that's how it is in the material world, right? If you practice something, you become better, and it becomes less and less effort. In the beginning, it's really hard, but after a while, you become expert. Like that, isn't it? But in spiritual life, it is not like that, right? It's rather the opposite. In the beginning, we chant and sort of, and then after some time, we promise, yes, I'll follow these principles. And with time, instead of doing less, we have to do more. Huh? What was enough at first, you know? Reading 15 minutes a day, right, at best... That doesn't do anymore after a while. After a while, it's, you know, somehow or other I need to do more. I need to do more. The vows are asking for more and more and more. Because, yes, behind these vows is Krishna. And Krishna, he wants everything. He w anyway, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> He also empowers us at the same time. Huh? So Krishna does want more, but Krishna will also give us the power to do more. So in that way, and then it becomes more and more blissful, and then spiritual life becomes very inspired. Huh? And that is, of course, what we want to see. We don't want uh, some sort of... Um, uh, as I said, it's not based on rules and regulations. It is based on inspiration. Uh, it is, it's not, I like to use a metaphor how in Mayapur the river Ganges is flowing and how when we step into the Ganges, along the shore the current is not so strong. So along the shore, to move through the water you have to push your body uh, by the power of your muscles, swim a bit, walk a bit. And then when you go deeper into the river, then at one point the current just grabs you. And there you go. You just fly away. So spiritual life is like that also. In the beginning, we must push ourselves. Uh, we push ourselves forward. And then when we go deeper, then at one point the current it just grabs us, and instead of pushing ourselves towards Krishna, we are drawn towards Krishna. And that is the idea. Uh, that is the advanced states of Krishna consciousness, uh, where we come to Ruchi, where we, where we are drawn with taste towards Krishna, where we are drawn with deep attachment to Krishna, where we are just becoming ecstatic in service to Krishna and just want to do more and more service to Krishna. Uh, we read in the Chaitanya Charitamrita how the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they used to chant while taking prasadam between bites. Right? So they're never wasting a second. Right? I mean, even between bites, they wanted to use 
in service for Krishna because such eagerness was there, um, so much relishing. So this is our aim. Um, so we're entering now in this realm of commitment and and making vows, and these vows we, uh, as I said, there are positive injunctions and prohibitions. Well, the prohibitions are material. Uh, no meat, fish, eggs, no gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex, all these things. These are material. These are just preliminary. These are in itself not, um, these are just freeing us from material entanglement. In the Bhagavad Gita, they are called the four regulative principles of freedom. Uh, because they set us free from material suffering and material distraction, from becoming burdened by the material energy. Uh, when one engages in these four illicit activities, uh, meat-eating, intoxication, gambling, illicit sex, then one becomes burdened, burdened by one's actions, more and more. But... Uh, when we so these principles are not a limitation. It's not that from now on I'm going to limit my life. No, no. Actually, we're going to. Uh, well, it is what I heard from my spiritual master, who once, while in New York, was asked by a policeman, "What is it that you have to renounce to become a monk?" The answer was suffering. That's all. All we have to give up actually is suffering. So when we accept these four principles, we give up suffering. You believe it? Yeah? I'm not sure. <laughs> it is, of course, sometimes... It's like, well, it doesn't look like suffering. looks like enjoyment, you know. I mean, all, it's all restrictions. So yeah, there's short-term enjoyment, but then there's, then there's long-term. On the long-term, it brings, brings all kinds of suffering. Uh, just like uh, free relationships, free, 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 free to be with anyone you like. Yeah, but then it gets very complicated after some time. I was in a university in South Africa, and there was one girl who asked a question in the program, and she said, why? Why are you Hare Krishnas having this restriction on sexuality? Isn't that sort of unnatural? Isn't that sort of oppressive? Huh? And she said, you know, I have 10 boyfriends and I like them very much. So, so what is wrong with that? So I said like, well, you know, I mean, thinking very quickly and then because I said like, what can I say to her that makes sense? Wasn't How can I convince somebody like that? So I said that, you know, of course, if you have so many boyfriends and you are enjoying, that's good for you uh, because you are enjoying. But still, there's something greater you can do with your life. So it's like when a woman has a child, then instead of living for her own enjoyment, she lives to 
for the enjoyment of the child. And she makes a sacrifice for the child. So making a sacrifice is greater than selfish enjoyment. But then if you have like 10 boyfriends and it's not sure who the father is, it gets confusing for the child. So better have one man. And if you want to have 10 children, then, you know, you can in that way uh, experience yeah, a better quality of life. So she got it. She got it. She got the point. Yeah. So, but that is the point for us also, actually. Uh, we. One thing about Krishna consciousness is it's, it's not just about memorizing the rules and then following them. It is also about thoroughly understanding, thoroughly understanding how this all these codes of behavior that we find in, in our scriptures are improving our life at every step. Otherwise, how can you be convinced? Unless you're convinced it's going to make my life better, uh, how can you be, be really convinced deep down? Uh, otherwise, one can be mentally convinced, I must do this, I want to do this, it's, it's good, it's like definitely something I want to do, I mean, but... That's not enough. Uh, we have to be deeply convinced that we want to. So. And we um, have to be deeply convinced that this Krishna consciousness is offering us a better way of life. Yeah. Um, that's not all depending on us and being at home and uh, sort of thinking deeply, how is Krishna consciousness better? No, that is also by simply penetrating in Srimad Bhagavatam. Because Srimad Bhagavatam is very logically explaining how this Krishna consciousness is the best way of life. It gives us that knowledge. And then, of course, something that I like and often remember, and recently I mentioned it in a lecture, that uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, mentioned that the purports in the Bhagavatam are more important than the verses. So that's sort of like, uh, is that humble? <laughs> you say like, you know, I mean... It's like, my purports are more important than the original Vedic verses, Prabhupada said. You sort of think like, uh, hmm, it's supposed to be very humble. I'm not sure about that. But if we think about it for a moment, then it's very clear. Uh, for example, in the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, there is an allegorical story told by Narada Muni about King Puranjan. And it's a whole symbolic story uh, Puranjan lives in this in the in a city with nine gates, which then is the body, which has okay nine holes, and and it is just full of symbolism. Now the nine gates, I still got it right on my own. I sort of understood. Okay, that's the body, but then there's endless lists of of comparisons and metaphor, which you would have never gotten on your own. No way. But Prabhupada's purports explain it in detail. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. 
uh-huh. A wheel with 16 spokes and, you know, like it was 16 spokes, something to do with time and go look okay. And then like, uh, you would never figure it out, but Prabhupada's explanations. So yes, and it is very nice because it is pure. Um, it is just pure knowledge. You take the Bhagavatam and one can just accept whatever is there which is not normal in this world. We live in the information age, and how much information are we getting all day? And you have to always have filters. Right? Constantly filter everything. Try to filter the truth out of all the rubbish. I mean, basically, it's a normal thing. It's a reflex. You just do it automatically. But that's what's going on. Not with the Bhagavatam. We don't need to be on guard. We can just... Drink it in. We can just absorb and simply this Bhagavatam will will bring us uh, more and more um, more and more understanding, more and more attraction to Krishna. See, this is another point. Is when I spoke about pushing ourselves towards Krishna, then we think that by my effort, I'm going to be Krishna conscious. It's I'm going to, I'm doing this. I'm taking initiation. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to chant these rounds and I'm going to follow these principles and going to do it. All right. But there is something else. Krishna is in the equation. And Krishna is the all-attractive. So it is about Krishna attracting us. Now Krishna is attractive. It's not like... Krishna will naturally attract us. So it's a matter of turning to Krishna, allowing Krishna in our life. The more we allow Krishna in our life, the more we become attracted. As simple as that. I had lunch in... Timaya's house, and it was uh, was very nice. Uh, they they just had uh, on a big TV screen Mayapur, and when I came in, Lord, there was an RT going on to Lord Nisringadev. It was just after Mongolarti in Mayapur, and it was sort of uh, wow. I'm looking I here at Mayapur, and it's after Mongolarti, and they're now having. Uh, because America's behind the times. So it was very nice to uh, to just see uh, Lord Nasringadev felt purified just by that darshan. Uh, it's like that. Uh, so we fill our life with Krishna and the rest will happen automatically. It's not, how am I going to be Krishna conscious? No, just bring more and more Krishna. Just add Krishna. Prabhupada was speaking to uh, um, what was his name? Um, The son of Rupanuga um, not Upendra uh, name doesn't want to come anyway he was a schoolboy, and he had written to Prabhupada about uh, that he was doing mathematics Prabhupada said oh mathematics he said oh mathematics yes he says yes 5 plus 5 is 10, 
2 plus 2 is 4. And everything plus Krishna is Vrindavan. That was Prabhupada's mathematics. And that's like such a brilliant formula. So at the end, it's about adding Krishna. Just add Krishna to everything. Everything plus Krishna. And we'll be in the spiritual world. Then. So that is, is what I would uh, very much uh, like this initiation to, uh, to be. Something where um, it's a conscious step when one takes initiation. It's a step to, um, where we say, a, constant, a conscious step towards Krishna. So let us think about that. How can we add Krishna to our life as much as possible? Then miracles will happen. And that's what we want. Uh, the idea is that miracles will happen. Now there are many devotees here. Some devotees are initiated. So it's very good to come to an initiation ceremony when you're already initiated because it will sort of um, strengthen your own commitment once again, your own vows. It will renew, refresh your commitment. So it's very good to be there. For those who didn't take initiation, it's also good because they can start thinking about it. Well, actually, maybe I also should. Srila um, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said this initiation, these vows, are so powerful that practically one's path back to Godhead is open from now. It is like practically guaranteed. He says even sometimes someone is not following perfectly, still they go back to Godhead. It is a, that is how powerful these vows are. Of course, we're not saying not to follow them. <laughs> That's... <laughs> that should be very clear. No. no, there is no leeway. They must be followed uh, at all times. Yes. Um, um, I have sometimes chanted rounds with malaria. Then you are getting the shivers and your teeth are rattling. And it was took a long, a long sixteen rounds like that. <laughs> that was poof, from morning to night. But somehow or other, I did them. You know, I did them. So yeah. So some days, I chanted in so many conditions. One time. I chanted my rounds on on the track where the horse races are. I was literally walking around doing rounds. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I've chanted... Once I chanted 16 rounds in one hour on a little plane, which was in bad weather, and it was rocking so bad that I was in complete fear. And... I was just so scared that I chanted. Sixteen in one hour. 
Ah, God. Anyway, I'm joking. But with a serious undertone, with a serious message. Uh, The message is that, yes, no matter what, under all kinds of circumstances, somehow or other, uh, we we keep this commitment. And that is very strong. And our spiritual master is, uh, yes, he is the representative of Krishna. He is saksad. That's what all scriptures say. And so he's the via media. So he's the external manifestation of the super soul. He will tell us what Krishna actually wants. Krishna, and we can look at the spiritual master. Well, is he really that qualified? Like Prabhupada, of course, but you know, is he that qualified? So yes, he is that qualified because... He is, is taking that position with the blessings of the parampara, and then Krishna enters into the relationship. So Krishna is there, he just enters. So when we are taking these vows and so on, Krishna enters into this relationship. And thus, uh, Krishna comes to the spiritual master, and we offer our service to the spiritual master, to Krishna. Is the via media in that way, both directions. And uh, so whatever the spiritual master desires is is of great importance. One should not see the spiritual master as a as an ordinary person. One should see whatever the spiritual master wants is always to be taken as important. Because that will bring us directly to Krishna. Spiritual Master is representing the scriptures. Uh, he is meant to be the living uh, personification of, of the scripture. So he should follow the scripture. Um, and he has realized the scripture. He will teach us the, 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 the purport of the scripture. Um, the Spiritual Master is also the representative of the previous Acharyas, and they're also here. They're also part of this whole ceremony. When we will chant, Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyanandana Salakya, that the spiritual masters open my darkened eyes to transcendental knowledge, then it's not only our own spiritual master, but the entire parampara is here. Of course, Srila Prabhupada is here, but all the predecessor Acharyas are here and adding their blessings in this ceremony. And we're invoking that. Um, then, uh, the spirit, so this is the spiritual master as the representative, uh, the representative of Krishna, scriptures, and so on. Then we have the spiritual master, the instructor. Uh, he's the captain of the boat of transcendental knowledge by which we will cross the ocean of uh, material nescience. He will take us across. Uh, alone, it's very hard. So, so the relationship is, is personal. He is there. There are, uh, there are directions. He's instructing. He's emphasizing. Uh, the instruction 
may not always come uh, in in a particular uh, personal direction from you must uh, do this and this service, but it comes like today in this in this lecture. Right? So many instructions. So it's good that we're filming it because uh, there's lots of stuff in here. Really, I usually these initiation lectures are packed up, right? Packed of stuff and. When you sit there, well, you're sort of a little dazed, you know. I mean, when you sit in an initiation ceremony, you sort of, your mind is like a rubber band and part is still in like where you were just before. And you're sort of like, I am sitting here now in this sacrifice. And... So, one doesn't hear everything. <laughs> Many things are said and they sort of, you know, go over your head. That's what happens at a time like that. So it's good, it's on film. <laughs> you can look at it again later at home on the big screen. And uh, that'll be good. And, uh, yes, so... All these, uh, so the spiritual master gives instructions. And finally, the spiritual master is also a close friend. And the scripture says, Sudrida Suridam, there is firm friendship. Um, so the central uh, element of firm friendship is trust. Right? There must be trust that this person I can trust. He's my well wisher. We are in this together. Uh, I can trust, no matter he's an... Well, there was an early disciple of Srila Prabhupada who uh, was a little bit... Uh, uh, who joined this Srila Prabhupada before ISKCON existed. There was no, no ISKCON movement. There was only Swamiji. And uh, and he was one of the very first. So later, when the the more the institution sort of the, came, it was hard for him to adjust to that. He was never so much the institutional type. Uh, for a while, he wore the traditional robes, but after a while, he didn't. Then one year, I saw him in uh, in in Vrindavan on the festival of Srila Prabhupada's disappearance. And that's a time when different disciples speak and come all on stage and everyone speaks for five minutes glorifying Srila Prabhupada. So he came in regular clothes, in blue jeans, a black t-shirt, and he even had a tiger skin vest. Not real tiger skin, but, you know, imitation tiger skin vest. So not your regular traditional devotional outfit, you know. Anyway, he was on the stage like that. So he opened and said, I know that there are people out, out there among you who would rather not see me up here, you know, dressed like that. He said, but what to do? I cannot go away. I cannot go away because of a letter that Srila Prabhupada wrote to me in 1966. And in that letter... He said, there were three words, right? 
three words that I can never forget. And because of these three words, I'm still here. And then he said, and these three words were your ever well-wisher, uh, which Prabhupada used to sign his letters. Uh, so that's, that has to be there, that, that we appreciate the spiritual master is our ever well-wisher. That's his only intention. There's no other intention. His only intention is to somehow or other help us to go back to God. Sometimes he does it sweetly. Sometimes he does it with force. Sometimes he roars. Whatever may be. Whatever the situation requires. Sometimes soft like a rose. Sometimes hard like a thunderbolt, as is stated. Whatever is needed. But he is our ever-well-wisher. And that... Trust must be there. That is, is very important. So for that sake, we have a, um, a deep personal relationship. Um, so these three elements were there. Guru as the representative, Guru as the instructor, and Guru as, as our friend and well-wisher. Uh, in that way, the relationship with the spiritual master is very important. And maybe... Um, there is the unspoken vow right, that we are uh, promising to, uh, to be obedient, to follow the spiritual master. We accept him in our life. Whatever he says, we will do. Well, that's, that's uh, not always easy. Right? Um, anyway, I'm very practical. I sometimes get tired of myself, how practical I am. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I wasn't always so practical, because when you're practical, you get in trouble. I wish I would just... Uh, the <laughs> uh, but so, if anything is, is difficult, or if whenever we are struggling, then let us... Let us discuss. Huh? Just, just because maybe we can make make adjustments. Huh? So the disciple, when struggling, should take shelter, uh, not just say, "How are you? Uh, uh, great, you know, great. No, really, really, yeah, very well." And then three days later, have a major, a major crisis. Right? That's when, when the relationship is artificial. I'm looking for genuine relationship. It's like, um, yeah, I'm a little uncultured, blunt Dutchman, but but on the other hand, um, my commitment is there. So I make my commitment today, and uh, yeah, initiating someone in Washington might bring me to Washington more often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> all this travel. <laughs> anyway, Krishna empowers us, uh, so I guess I have to do. Um, So this is a very nice movement. It is a movement which is 
aimed at pure devotion. The essence of this initiation, uh, the most important thing of this initiation is chanting Hare Krishna. Right? Somehow or other, that is the one thing we have to do. And that is the greatest gift you will get today. Huh? Uh, you know, that is what I will give you today. I will give you the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Now, I know sometimes you have a birthday and you get a gift. And, you know, like you're really excited. You get a big box and a big paper around it, like big gift. And you open it up and then you look inside and go, oh, uh, I already got that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get a gift which you already got. So I'm going to give you the holy name, but you might say, yeah, but I already got that long ago. I've been chanting for years, Maharaj. I mean, got the holy name. Is there anything else that, that I'm getting today? No, I'm going to give you the holy name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but I'll give you one more thing, though. I'll give you something extra. And what I'll give you, I'll give you with the holy name, I'll also give you my prayer. I'll give you my prayer that Krishna will accept whatever you offer. So that helps, you know, because, yeah, we often speak about the quality of our rounds, right? And sometimes you say only broken names and... Or like, oh, inattentive rounds, how difficult to chant. Right? But the prayer of the spiritual master comes along with our chanting and with all our service. And he has, has made a sacrifice for Krishna. Therefore, he has credit with Krishna. Just like Srila Prabhupada, who is the founder Acharya of this movement, is, is very much present here not only in the form of his murti, um, but he is present here also, of course, in the form of his instructions. He is here. He is also present here in the form of his prayer. Uh, because Prabhupada prayed to, for the Lord to accept the devotees on a minimum of 16 rounds. Previously, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, we find that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, I will not accept the offering from anyone who is not a lakpati. Now, lakpati means one who has a hundred thousand. And a hundred thousand names is what he meant. And that means 64 rounds. And that's a lot of rounds. Um, if we would have to change 64 rounds, I mean, that could take you anywhere between seven to eight hours if you chant fast. And that's a lot of time in the modern world. So Prabhupada brought it down uh, to 16 rounds, which is manageable you know, in, in this modern, modern way of life. And yet, although in that way he lowered the threshold, still with those 16 rounds he gave the same result, full perfection. 16 rounds, four regulative principles, and go back to Godhead. Full perfection. See? So, Prabhupada's prayer is still standing today. I'm going to ask you to chant a minimum of 16 rounds on the strength of Prabhupada's prayer. I cannot change it. If I tell you chant 15, it will not work. I don't have that much credit with Krishna that I can chant, change the number of rounds. Prabhupada had that much credit. Well, 
But I have decredited, if I am faithfully a, a faithful follower of Prabhupada and of my spiritual master in the parampara, that uh, I can promise you that if you do this, you'll go back to Godhead. That I can do. And that's the plan <laughs> today. There's nothing else. And then the whole family must go as well. <laughs> and then Priya. <laughs> Priya. <laughs> that's how it is. It says seven generations before, seven generations after. So it's not too bad. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to get crowded up there. <laughs> but there's space enough. So, uh, in this way, uh, it is uh, a great blessing and, and very important that um, every step of the way, the prayer of our spiritual master is always with us. Uh, always with us. Oh. Even when we're not following, he's praying even harder. You know, it's like he's already prayed for that before we even start. But of course, we should follow, um, because when we are these vows, when we are taking advantage of them, they will flourish. And when we don't follow these vows, then they will beat our heart with guilt. Uh, then we'll live with guilt. So that is is not a good thing. You know. So yes, it's a big thing to take the vows because then they have to be part of our life. Um, now this talk can go on forever and that's not not required, right? So there are 10 offenses to be avoided and we could have explained them also, but I won't do it because it just goes on too long. Um, I will rather now close this part and... Um, but I'll ask all of you to give your blessings. Uh, you're all Vaishnavas. You're all devotees. Um, we depend on the Vaishnavas. Anyone who has chanted Hare Krishna once, I think you all chanted Hare Krishna once. Anyone who never chanted Hare Krishna? Everyone chanted Hare Krishna at least once? If not, just tell me and I'll ask you to chant Hare Krishna once. Then you also <laughs> chanted Hare Krishna once. Because... Lord Chaitanya said, anyone who's chanted Hare Krishna once is a Vaishnava, and Vaishnavas can bless. So we want the blessings of all the Vaishnavas, uh, because it is by the blessings of the Vaishnavas that we, uh, that we can, uh, that Krishna will accept us. Because Krishna looks at the Vaishnavas, and Krishna thinks, oh, how nice. They're chanting my name. They're serving me. They're doing something for me. And Krishna is very pleased with the Vaishnavas. So when the Vaishnavas are, are thinking of us favorably, ah, then Krishna will also think of us favorably. So please think favorable of, of both of us here, and of husband and child as well, whole family, including me. Yeah? <laughs> so please bless all of us. You can, because you're Vaishnavas. So that's... Your blessings are needed. So, therefore, this program is more than some sort of Swami in town, transcendental entertainment is here, you know. Let's say he sings nice too. Let's see what we can do. No. <coughs> uh, no, it's more than that. Right? Tonight, it's all about blessings. 
And of course, you'll get all the blessings as well because we'll bless you back. If you bless us, we'll bless you. And that's, we are the mutual, uh, there are mutual blessings in this moment. Everyone's blessing everybody. That's the idea. Everyone, everyone's appreciating everybody. Uh, the mutual appreciation society. So, like this, these things are important. To respect the Vaishnavas, respect the holy name, respect the deities. The, we even respect the demigods also. Uh, but we serve only Krishna. Because there's no room in our heart for so many deities. Only Krishna. Um, that is Vaishnava. Okay, so um, I'm going to come up, uh, go back a little, then you can... Uh, So if you can come forward, pay obeisances, and then you can also pay obeisances to Prabhupada, and then... Uh Okay, then you can come back here. <laughs> yeah, it's good. My arm is not that long. <laughs> it's the reality. What to do? Okay, uh, so first we'll. So, uh, what are the four regulative principles that you promise to follow for the rest of your life without fail? Okay. And how many rounds are you promising to chant every day? Minimum. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to chant some extra rounds sometimes if you have time. Um, okay, I'll first give you the name and then I'll just explain it. So then from this day on, you will be known as Tadia Devidasi. So there's the word Tadiya comes up many times. There's a verse Aradhanam Sarvesham Vishnura Radhanam Param Tasmat Parataram Devi Tadiyanam Samarchanam, which says that uh, even greater. Of all those who are worshipable, Lord Vishnu is the most worshipable of all. But more worshipable than the Lord himself are his devotees and all the paraphernalia related to him, like Tulsi, Ganga. Sutadiya refers to all those things that are related to Krishna, Krishna's devotees. Even the guru is Tadiya, right? So, by being Tadiya, you are the servant of everything that is connected with Krishna. And then you automatically please Krishna. 
because these things are all very, Tadiyah is very dear to Krishna. So if you are the servant of Tadiyah, then Krishna will automatically look, oh, she's very nice. And I thought it's a nice name, it sounds nice. Tadiyah, and from Timea, from Timea to Tadia is doable. <laughs> right? So, okay, then the rest, the yagya, we'll do now. I'll, I'll keep it simple, but uh, the essence is that we invoke the blessings of many personalities in this yagya. Uh, of Krishna, Srimata Radharani, of the entire parampara, like that. Uh, that's and it fixes our our commitment, uh, the sankalpa. So you can go sit on that side, and then I'll go towards the fire.